By the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our praise belong to Allah, the one that is none that has the right to be worshipped except Him, who has bestowed upon us those blessings and abundance, that which is inner or inward and that which is outward. And I bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is alone without having any partners. And I bear witness that Muhammad ibn Abdullah is his servant and his messenger. To proceed, Ikhwan, Fallahumma inna na'udhu bika min ilmin la yanfa'a, wa min qalbin la yafsha'a, wa min nafsin la tashba'a, wa min dua'in la yusma'a. Verily, Ya Allah, we seek refuge with you from knowledge that has no benefit, and from a heart that has no fear, and from a soul that has no satisfaction nor contentment, and from a du'a that goes unanswered, and from a du'a that goes unanswered. To proceed, Ikhwan, فَنُوَاسِنُوا مَعَكُمْ فِي هَذِهِ اللَّيْلَةِ الْمُبَارَكَةِ الْكَرِيمَةِ So we continue on this blessed and noble night of ours, seeking the aid and the assistance of our Lord, the most merciful and the most compassionate. مُسَفِدِينَ مُتَعَلِّمِينَ مِنْ عِلْمِ الْفِقَةِ مِنْ عِلْمِ الْفِقَةِ and we are continuing in our class of al-fiqh ma'al-alamat al-imam al-shaykh al-faqih al-mufassir al-lughawi al-shaykh al-sa'di rahimahullah ta'ala and we're benefiting from the words of the noble imam of al-fiqh and of tafsir and of the Arabic language al-shaykh al-sa'di may Allah have mercy upon him بكتابه منهج السالكين منهج السالكين. As we're reading from his book منهج السالكين. طيب فوصلنا إلى باب الاستنجاء وآداب قضاء الحاجة ولا نزال فيه ولا نزال فيه. And we have arrived at the chapter of cleansing oneself with water 
and the manners of using the bathroom and the manners of using the bathroom فَتَعَلَّمْنَا ثَلَاثَ آدَابٍ تَتَعَلَّقُ بِقَضَاءِ الْحَاجَةِ قَضَاءِ الْحَاجَةِ So, so far we mentioned three manners three manners of how to use the bathroom فَمَنْ يُذَكِّرُنَا بِوَاحِدًا بِوَاحِدًا Who can mention one of them? Entering upon the left foot. Uh, entering upon the left foot. Adhulu ala shimal. Entering upon the left foot. Accent. Now, Thania. Exiting with the right. Mashallah. Al khuruju bil yumna. Coming out on the right foot. And gufranaka. And عند الخروج قائلان gufranaka. Min hadith Aisha. And upon coming out, you say. Oh Allah, I ask your forgiveness. Gufranaka. طيب بالنسبة إلى غفرانك عند الخروج فهذا من حديث عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها عند الإمام الدارمي وأبي داود والترمذي وابن ماجه. The hadith mentions that the messenger of Allah will say غفرانك upon coming out has been narrated by our mother Aisha collected by Imam Abu Daud al-Tirmidhi ibn Majah al-Bayhaqi wa Ahmad من حديث عائشة نعم وصححه الحاكم وافقه الذهبي وصححه ابن حبان In this hadith of Aisha collected by Abu Dawood Al-Tirmidhi Ibn Majah It has also been collected by Ahmed Al-Darimi Al-Bayhaqi Imam Al-Hakim said it's authentic and Al-Dhahabi agree with him and Ibn Hibban also said it's authentic. For a tikum fa'idatan yakhwan tata'alluku bi ta'qiq al-hadith. We'll give you a benefit inshallah connected with checking the ahadith. Fi aglib al-awqat idha nara anna al-hakima qalna shayt. Fi aglib al-awqat adhahabi yawafiku ma'a. Adhahabi yawafiku ma'a. Usually, usually, this is not all the time. Usually, if you find Al-Hakim comments upon a hadith, Al-Hakim says it's weak, Al-Hakim he says it's authentic, Imam Al-Dhahabi, you're going to find Wawafaqahu Dhahabi. And Imam Al-Dhahabi agrees with him. That's almost all the time. Imam Al-Hakim, if he says the hadith is authentic, you're going to find after that Wawafaqahu Dhahabi. And Al-Dhahabi agrees. Not all the time, but most times you're going to find that al-Dhahabi agrees with al-Hakim. Ta'ir. Qala, Alhamdulillah, Lidhi adhaba anni adha wa'afani. And the Messenger of Allah used to say, if the sister can let the brothers finish, and then you guys can come in a minute or two, and may Allah bless you all. He would also say upon leaving, all praise belong to Allah, Lidhi adhaba anni al-adha, the one who took away from me this discomfort, this pain. وَعَافَانِي And gave me well-being. هذا الحديث تعلمناه قبلو من حديث أنس. We mentioned this narration here. The wording of a Sa'di is narrated by Anas. And it's collected by Ibn Majah. And other than Ibn Majah. وَقَالَ فِيهِ ضَعْفِ ضَعْفَهُ الْأَلْبَانِ but this chain that a Sa'adi is using the hadith 
Although other scholars say the hadith is authentic in another chain, the wording here uh, has some weakness in it. And Sheikh Al-Bani deemed it to be weak also. We learned the reason. Man Hafidah, Fadah. As for the sisters, you guys can come now if you wish. May Allah bless you. The reason of the weakness of the hadith, as we learn, there's a man in that chain here. His name is Ismail ibn Muslim. And all of the scholars of hadith, they agree that he is weak. So this hadith here is narrated by Anas and is collected by Ibn Majah. And the chain is a man by Ismail ibn Muslim and he is weak. Also Albani da'afahu, he said this hadith is weak. طيب قال سعدي رحمه الله ويتعمد في جلوسه على رجله اليسرى وينسب اليمنى He says also and he would depend upon his left foot when he was squatting he would sit upon his left foot and keep his right foot upright You guys have that in the printing you have? طيب قال in kana fil Next benefit. The Messenger of Allah would take a barrier, something to protect him when he's using the hammam, or something other than a barrier. It could be a curtain, it could be a wall, it could be a pillar. He says, or something other than that. It could be a door, or jidaran, or mada sitaran, it could be a curtain. المهم يأخذ ستاراً حائطاً The point, you take some type of barrier If you're outside especially Try to use something as a shield بينك وبين الناس Between you and between the people قال ويبعد إن كان في القضاء Also, if he was outside for example He would go far away He would go far away وهذا مستحب And that's recommended You're using the hammam Or the outhouse or the bushes, or wherever you are, and tub'ida min al-nas that you go far away, as far as you can. If you can go further, go further. The farther you go from the people is better. But that's not obligatory. So using the hammam, two benefits here is highly, highly, highly recommended to take something to shield you. A door, a wall, a curtain, a barrier. بعض الناس مثلا إذا عندك مثلا أنت في الخارج وما عندك إلا الرجال مثلا تستخدمه ستارا and all you have is people you can have these people be a barrier they can turn around and you can they face the other way and you can use them as a barrier a curtain for example to shield you between the people هذا يستحب that's recommended highly 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 recommended to do that so the explainer he says He says It has been narrated 
that the Messenger والسلام, whenever he used the khala, whenever he used the laboratory, or if he wished the bathroom, he would aba'ada, he would go far away. He would go far away. Hadam al Hadith al Mughira bin Shu'bah. This is narrated from the Hadith of Mughira ibn Shu'bah. قَالَ كَانَ أَوْ أَنَّ النَّبِيَ عَلَيْهِ صَلَاةُ السَّلَامَ إِذَا كَانَ إِذَا ذَهَبَ الْمَذْهَبَ أَبْعَدَ He says that the Messenger alayhi salatu salam whenever he went meaning to go use the hammam or the qala أَبْعَدَ He would go far away أَخْرَجُهُ أَبُو دَعُودِ بِرَقْمِ الْوَاحِدِ This hadith is collected by Imam Abu Dawood Hadith number one وَهُوَ عَيْضَ عِنْدَ أُمَّهَاتِ السُّنَنِ is also collected by the Imams of the Sunan. Who are the Imams of the Sunan? Abu Dawood, Ibn Majah, Tirmidhi, and Nasai. Arsantum. Men al Khamsa. Who are the five Imams? Plus Ahmad. Plus Ahmad. Arsant. MashaAllah, may Allah bless you. Faida Tasma' Akhrajhu Khamsa, Al Maradu Ahmadu. وَأَبُوْ دَعُودُ وَتِرْمِذِي وَنَسَيْ وَبُنَ مَاجَهِ If you hear, sometimes the scholars say, the five Imams collected. Who are they talking about? Ahmed, Tirmidhi, Abu Dawood, Nasai, and Ibn Majah. If you hear, أَخْرَجُ الْأَرَبَعَ The four Imams collected, you take Ahmed away. So this hadith, Mughira ibn Shu'bah, is collected by Abu Dawood, Tirmidhi, and Nasa'i and Ibn Majah is collected by Abu Dawood, Al Tirmidhi, and Nasa'i and Ibn Majah. You sisters, check the hadith from Imam Abu Dawood. Hadith number one. You brothers, check the hadith of Al Tirmidhi. Hadith number 20. Our sisters, Abu Dawood, Hadith number one. Your brothers, At-Tirmidhi, Hadith number 20. And someone else checked, Ibn Majah, 33. Abu Dawood number one, Tirmidhi 20, Ibn Majah 33. What's the name of the masjid you guys are teaching at? This is called Masjid Salam. Abu Dawood number one, Tirmidhi 20, Ibn Majid 33. In the Kunda, you guys have it? Read the hadith. Jamila. Mughira bin Shurba? Is the narrator? Jamila. And also by who? Abi Salama. MashaAllah. Abu Dawood brings it twice. Or he brings Mughira, narrator, and Abu Salama.
طيب ابو سلمه النعبي اسمه مغيره ها say the chain again So the narrator is going to be Mughir ibn Shu'ba. Nah, may Allah bless you both. Your brothers, Ibn Majah 33. And 20, uh, Tirmidhi, hadith number 20. Tirmidhi, tfadal. Hadithina Muhammad bin Basharin, Hadithina Abdul Wahab al Thaqafi, and Muhammad bin Amr, and Abi Salama, and Mughir ibn Shu'ba, while I sent to my Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he said, Let the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he said, Jamila, I sent. Can I read the نسائي نسائي يا اخوان من احسن كتب الفقه امام النسائي although you don't hear a lot of his books especially in the west his sunan is one of the best books of al-fiqh امام النسائي sunan is one of the best books of al-fiqh نسائي hadith number 17 ibn majah 33 33? Uh, so the Sheikh has a mistake here. The one who checked this hadith, he says Ibn Majah 33. He doesn't mention his what publication he's using, but he says hadith number 33. And who's the narrator of that hadith? Jamila. So according to the checker here, it's not in 33 Ibn Majah. Somebody, Nasai 17? So he mentions, it's collected by Imam Ahmad, that the Messenger of Allah used to love to shield himself with uh, a barrier or a tree or uh, rocks or stones or the likes of that. Collected by Imam Ahmad in Hadith Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu ta'ala anhu. For Nasai 17, is it in the first book? Uh, he doesn't say. Sometimes with different checkers, uh, if you're looking online. Uh, this one, uh, yeah, online. No. Uh, check that first volume. Okay, it's a. Akhbarana Aliyun ibn Hujrin qala. أنبأنا إسماعيل عن محمد بن عمرو عن أبي سلمة عن المغيرة بن شعبة 
أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان إذا ذهب مذهب أبعد قال فذهب لحاجته وهو في بعض أسفاره فقال ائتيني بوضوء فأتينه بوضوء فتوضأ ومسح على الكفين قال الشيخ إسماعيل هو ابن جعفر ابن أبي ابن أبي كثير قاري نعم جميعنا الأبات أحسنت طيب فائدة يا أخوان بنفت قوله ذهب مذهبا when he says and he would go أبعد far away he means ذهب ذهابا خاصا لقضاء الحاجة meaning that he would go a specific distance he would go far away in order to relieve himself so it says ذهب مذهبا that he would go far away meaning he would go far away in order to relieve himself فهذه السنة فهذه المستحبة الأبعد العبد الذي يريد أن يقضي حاجته that is highly recommended for the man or woman who wants to go and relieve themselves إذا كان خارجا they're outside ولو كان داخلا even if they're inside مثلا ندخل خلاء في الداخل you go into a hammam that's inside وهذه البقعة ماذا أقرب والثاني أبعد والثالث أبعد الأولى أن يستخدمه العبد الثالثة لأنه أبعد بقعة والله أعلم You go into a hammam and the first stall is close then the middle stall is farther the third stall is the farthest You can also implement this hadith even inside it's better to go to the farthest stall the farther you are from the people or the further you are from the people is always better why is that? What are you trying to keep them away from? What are you trying to block them from? Privacy. Privacy. Them seeing you. What else? Uh, it's sunnah. Sunnah. What else? Disturbing. What's the benefit? Disturbing them. How can you disturb them? The smell. The smell. Sometimes we forget, ya ikhwan, that sometimes we forget that the bad smell harms the people. So from this, even if you have no smell, but there's a chance you're going to smell bad. You're human. Sometimes you use the bathroom. Oh, yeah, you stink. Of course I stink. I'm using the bathroom. That's natural. For example, you're too close or I'm too close to you. It's a sunnah to go far away so no one can see you, for example, and no one can smell you. Any way you can disturb the people, harm the people, it's better to go far. The farther you can go away, the better. Is this for the men and women or only for the men? For both. Remember, يا إخوان في أغلب الأحكام ماذا مشتركة بين الرجال وبين النسوة إلا في شواذ الأمور. Usually, the same principles, the same rulings that are there for the men are the same principles, same rulings that are there for the women. Almost identical, except for a few small intricate things that may be different for a man or a woman. How does the woman pray? The same. The same as who? The same as the man. In some of the books, يقول 
Fasunatun Nabi Lirujah, Fasunatun Nabi Linniswa. Usually they may say in some of the beginning fiqh books, the women do this and the men do this. But when you look at the Sunnah, you're going to find it's the same. The woman follows the Sunnah and the man follows the Sunnah. What about where she puts her hands? Some books say the woman puts her hands on her navel and the man puts his hands on his chest. Because she's a woman, she can't put her hands on her chest. So she puts her hands here. So, that's not correct, the Sunnah is the same. Some of the women are built like some of the women they have a, a way and you fear a lot to the best of your ability. Likewise the men. Some of us we're not as in shape as we used to be when we were younger, mashallah. So the man has a belly. So you fear a lot about your ability. The woman, mashallah, she may be built away. You fear a lot best of your ability, That's all of us. The man or woman who can't pray standing, they have the allowance to pray seated. And the man or the woman who can't pray seated, seated, then they can pray lying down. What about sitting? How was the sunnah in tashahud? How can you sit in tashahud? What's a sunnah? Who can mention a sunnah in tashahud? How did the Prophet used to sit? Two. Huh? Two ways. Two ways. He used to sit how? One way. One way is that uh, you can sit on your left feet. And you sit on your left foot. Understand wow. that. And your right foot is upward. And the second is you can huh? sit on your... Huh? On your buttocks. Your hip. Mutawarrikan. And you put your left foot under some. And you sit on your, your hip. Your buttocks. That's called mutawarrik. That's a sunnah. Is that for the men or the women? Or just for the men? For both. For both. Almost every issue that you're going to learn in Al-Islam is for the men and the women. And the people have the nerve to say, Islam, you will pressure women. How? There was a sheikh traveling one time on an airplane and there was a non-Muslim asking him questions about Islam. And the question was, uh, What do you guys do with your women? So the sheikh said, we cover our women up. So the person was saying, that's oppression. Why do they gotta cover? Why do they gotta cover? So the Sheikh said, So the Sheikh said, let me ask you a question. You have jewelry in your house, something that's, that you cherish, something that's beloved to you. You have some gold, some rubies, you have some diamonds. That's Africa, you don't really hear rubies no more, yeah, that's in Africa. You have some diamonds, you have some gold, some silver. The man said, yes, of course, I got some jewelry. Yeah, I do. He said, what do you do with your jewelry? Where do you put it? He said, I hide it, I cover it up, I put it in a safe spot so nobody can see it. فَقَالَ الشَّيْخِ so the Sheikh said, we are like that. The way you are with your jewelry, that's how we are with our women. We cover our women. No one sees our women. They wear the hijab and the likes. And then the man was amazed by that type of answer. And the Sheikh began to smile. At any rate, there's no oppression in Juan. It's just we live in a place that trying to be righteous is looked down upon. As Imam Ayub mentioned earlier, trying to have beautiful speech. Someone's going to say, hey, he's soft. 
or she's this or she's that because she's trying to free Allah Ta'ala with her speech trying to be honorable nowadays the people are going to talk about you and say you're this and say you're that I remember I worked at a group home with kids that had like mental retardation and the likes I did that for about seven years of my life real humble job and I had a lady her name was Miss Sharon and she was my supervisor at the time and she used to like spy on me like as I'm with my clients I would see her and she'd be looking behind the wall and the legs so I said Miss Sharon leave out the auntie I said why are you spying on me like that why are you doing that and I pulled to that and I said I said I'm going to work the same if you're looking at me or if you're not there she said no name نحن نريد أن نرى هل أنت تتكلم بالكلام السوء هل أنت تلاعن شخصا أم لا فضحكته. she said no we just we're talking in the job we want to see do do you curse do you speak bad about people do you talk about this one or that one are you going to curse? I said you don't have to do that to me you know alhamdulillah I may not curse or I try not to curse mashallah but you don't have to spy on me to see if I'm going to curse the people out or the likes. We had some of the guys, there was one guy there, he was, you had to be super patient. As you're taking him to the bathroom, before you would touch him, he would say, get your black hands off of me, you slave. And he would just talk evil speech. So you had to be real humble. Mashallah, you can't leave the bathroom door open so you don't get in trouble. Before you touch him, hey, don't touch my private. He would say, yeah, I'm not even touching Alhamdulillah. <laughs> one of the most humbling jobs I ever had in my life. Outside of teaching Islam. Let's go back to the lesson, yeah, Juan. I told you I have a lot of stories, yeah, Juan. One day we're going to cancel all class and we're going to give you stories after stories, inshallah. May Allah bless you. I have a nice story when I became Muslim. Make you cry, yeah, Juan. Alhamdulillah. May Allah bless you all. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Qala Sa'adir Rahimahallah. ولا يحل له أن يقضي حاجته في طريق أو محل أو محل جلوس الناس أو تحت الأشجار المثمرة أو في محل يؤذي به الناس. He says next point is not allowed is not allowed that a person relieves himself male or female in the street in the path or in a place that the people sit in. A place that's known that the people, they, they take their breaks there. They sit there. It's not allowed to use the bathroom there. Or under a tree that gives shade or fruits or vegetation. It's not allowed to relieve yourself there. Or in a place, uh, that the people can be harmed by. These places are not allowed to relieve yourself. What do we benefit here, ya khwan? Awalan, first benefit. First benefit of the likes of this speech by Asadi is that this teaches us if you're not allowed to use the bathroom in the street, not allowed to use the bathroom in a place that the people sit in and take their breaks there, or allowed to use the bathroom under a tree that gives shade for the people or fruit or vegetation this shows Islam is complete 
كل هذه الأمثلة يعلمنا أن الإسلام دين كامل. The likes of this show that Islam is a complete way of life. ولا نقصان فيه أبدا. And there's no deformities about Islam. There's no nothing that is missing. There's no blemishes, no faults about Islam. Islam is perfect. يوجد ضعف بين المسلمين نعم ونقصان في المسلمين نعم لكن ليس في دينهم ليس في دينهم yes us the Muslims we have fault we make error we're not always right we have deficiencies yes but our religion is perfect the likes of these examples show Islam is complete وثانية second benefit of this speech here أن الإسلام دين الأدب Benefit number two, Islam is a way of life of manners. Islam teaches the Muslim to be mannerful. Teaches the Muslim to be mannerful. Benefit number three, Benefit number three, Islam teaches the Muslims to care about others. Islam is not just for the Muslims. That's a misconception here, Juan. Islam is not for just the Muslims. Al-Hidayatu lil-Nasi kamilatan wal-Jinni kamilatan al-Islam lil-Nasi kamila. Its guidance is not just for the Muslims. No. Guidance is for all of humanity, for the black and the white and the yellow and the Arab and the Indian and the red and who else? What are the other colors? We're not talking about the colors of the GBGT, GB, not those colors, not like that, yeah, We're talking about the colors of our shade of our skins, not the the GBJ and all those letters, not that, yeah, Not like that. And the third benefit was Islam teaches us that Islam teaches us that we have consideration for the rights of all people. Islam is not just for the Muslims, If a Christian person, and we hope a Christian comes here one day, we hope, wants to come and listen. He said, hey, Antum Ta'adanuna Nabi and Asma Ilaikum? Nah, Ta'ad, Ijilis Indana. Let's say Mushkira. A Christian comes and hey, can I listen to you guys? No problem. We have nothing to hide. Rather, we want you to listen. We want. Alhamdulillah. Islam is not just for the Muslims, Yahwah. Allah Ta'ala sent down the Quran, Linnas, sent down the Quran for all of mankind. For all of mankind. First benefit of this speech, menu karruk, we can repeat. That Islam is a complete religion. Benefit number two. Islam is a religion of adab, a religion of manners. MashaAllah. A benefit, Ikhwan. The hadith of beloved Imam shared with us earlier. What does it mean, la'an? In English, and it shows the virtues of, of, of Arabic too. The word la'an. The Messenger of Allah mentions the believer He's not one who, in English they say curses 
But in English, there are two types of curses. And this shows the virtues of Arabic. Curses all the time? This curse is not the curse that you may think of. There are two types of curses. C-U-R-S-E-S. Curse. S-E. C-U-R-S-E. Curse. Right. This is not the curse, a curse word. It's not that type of curse. The word la'an is a specific curse. Right? It's not when you say, oh, you full of... It's not like that. Not the curse words. Right? Sometimes we shoot hoops. Oh, oh shush. And we say, because we're mad that y'all lost the game to me. So, alhamdulillah. At any rate, it's not that type of curse word. This la'an is what? What type of curse? Not the ta'an. That one is ta'an. This one is what? When Allah has what? I don't know the name of it. Give me an example. Like that person. Hey, the curse here is when you ask for the curse of Allah to be on the thing. This is the hadith. A lot of that people they think because in English you hear the word curse. The Prophet said the believer is not one who curses. So we think he's talking about curse words. That's not this hadith. The la'an is the one who says, May the curse of Allah be on you. That's the la'an. When you ask him for the la'ana of Allah to be on someone. That's the meaning of that hadith. La'an. Sometimes you're driving, this happens a lot, and you, you fix one thing on the car, and then four days later, naturally, something else happens. And then you say, oh, I'm tired of this car. May you go to hell. Or may the curse of Allah. That's the la'an. When you invoke the curse of Allah on the thing. So this is the meaning there. Allah alam. That shows us the virtues of Arabic. Sometimes in English, the word is the same. Invoking the curse is a curse. A curse word, that's a different narration. Let me allow bless. What's the word for curse word? Curse word, you can say kalimatun su, an evil word. Some people say kalimatun soda, a dark word or a black word, an evil word. Uh, but the la'an from the verb la'ana, that's a different word. That's when you invoke the la'anatullah upon something. Wallah ta'ala ala wa ala. May Allah bless you all your ikhwah. Ta'ib, al-thalitha, third benefit. Al-Islam al-yu'al. One of our sisters, third benefit. Irifai qalilan, raise your voice slightly. Islam teaches the Muslims to care about others, ikhwan. That's important, ikhwan. We don't always have to be mean-faced. Someone says hi, and you never say hi back. No, that's not from Islam, ikhwan. The message of Allah used to be cheerful. He's have a smile. So you, it's not from our religion to be always look like I'm mad. And then we say, oh, that's a sunnah. No, what sunnah is that, ikhwan? That's not the sunnah of the messenger. Get, smiling in the face of your brother is sadaqah, is charity. You don't have any money to give sadaqah. I want to give sadaqah, I don't have no money. When you see your brother, you say, Salaamu Alaikum Ya Akhi, and smile. Islam is beautiful, Ya Akhwan. I get a reward for smiling? Yes. Yes. Making your brother, you remember last week we did the little game. Everybody walked in, we said something nice. Everybody smile. That's natural, Ya Akhwan. You say something kind to a brother, hey, oh, my child, nice haircut, Ya Akhi. He's going to smile. Our Sheikh had a nice haircut, lit up the masjid. Alhamdulillah. The sister has her nice uh, kimar on. She's back there with the girls. 
Amatullah says, oh, mashallah, Bahja, you got that from the Somali mall, that's beautiful. She's going to smile from head to toe. That's natural, yeah. The little baby comes in. Yeah, boy, you get, that's a nice little watch. Oh, shukran, yaakhi. Alhamdulillah. It's from Islam to have kind speech. Our sister had her hand up. May Allah bless you. Somebody invoking the curse upon the one that's being oppressed? The oppressed is walking upon the oppressed. Okay, either way, if you're the oppressed or the one being oppressed, you should still not try to speak evil. You still should not try to commit a sin, even if you're being oppressed. You're going to curse or invoke the curse upon someone that is oppressing you. From the hadith, it appears the hadith is general. In any situation, try your best. Not to invoke the curse upon Allah, upon anything, unless you have proof to do so. If you have proof to do so, like a shaitan, that's different. Other than having adillah to do that, I would say ishtinabu anhu awla, to stay away from it is better, out of fear that you could fall into the hadith of the Messenger. What if you say to me, Allah do something to me? You can make a dua, you can say, for example, may Allah give you what you deserve. You can say that. Many of the righteous, I don't want to give you this example, Ya Khan, out of fear you may miss it. Many of the Imams of the Sunnah used to be staunch and hard against the, the Imams of innovation. And they would make a dua that looks like they're being harsh, but they were. They were. Against the people of innovation. If someone is known, not this one took a different opinion of you, is an Imam of innovation and is calling to corruption. And they would say, for example, may Allah guide him or break his back. They used to say the likes of that. Imams of the past. Someone else might say, hey, how can this imam say that? Because he's saying it against what? Someone who's lying upon the religion. Someone who's lying upon the prophet. Someone who's causing mischief in the religion. That's different. But generally, the Muslim doesn't speak like that. And yes, you're not going to find no narration of the Messenger of Allah saying the likes of that. The prophet was always kind. Even when he was being treated with unjustly and harsh, it's difficult to do. To be kind to someone that's harming you? That's hard, yeah. That's hard to do. So I would say to our sister there, even though you are being oppressed, you can say better words, you can make a dua. Even if you make a dua against them, I wouldn't curse them. And Allah Ta'ala, anyone else? Where Sa'adi says it's not allowed for the person, male or female, to relieve themselves in the path or on the path. So he says the author mentioned some places that the person should avoid when relieving himself. From them, the path or the street, the road. Because the people, they pass, they travel upon the path these paths here. And they will be harmed if you relieved yourself in the road that the people pass upon, they will be harmed by the likes of that. 
Another place he says, Mahalul Julus. The place that the people they rest at, they sit at, they take breaks at. Any place that's known, this is where the people sit. Then you shouldn't relieve yourself there. That's from bad manners, Yaqwan, and from ignorance. Those places that the people sit in. He says, because of the people, a place that has shade from a barrier, maybe something overhead gives them shade, or shade of a tree, or the likes, then a person relieving themselves here, this will harm the people. This will harm the people. قال Sa'adi, as Sa'adi continues, وَلَا يَسْتَقْبِلَ الْقِبَلَةَ وَلَا يَسْتَدِبِرُهَا حَالَ قَضَاءِ حَاجَاتِهِ Next point. The person does not face the Qibla and does not turn his back to the Qibla while he's using the Hammam. طيب. نتوقف هنا قليلا. Let's stop here for many Ikhwan. لَا يَسْتَقْبِلُ الْقِبَلَةَ He does not face the Qibla. This for the men and women or just for the men? For both. For both. Nor does he turn his back on the Qibla. The men and women, just the men? For both. For both. He says, Fi haja, when they're relieving themselves. Al ulama yakhtalifuna. Hal hadha fi dakhil aw fi kharij. The scholars, they differ here. Some say here, the Prophet is not talking about when you're inside of a building. That he's talking about when you're outside. Some scholars say that. Al-Sahih, Wallah Alam, Annahu fil kharij wa fidakh. The strongest opinion Allah knows best is that it's the same. When you're outside, don't face the Qibla and don't turn your back to the Qibla. When you're inside, don't face the Qibla and don't turn your back to the Qibla. As the hadith is going to come. And the hadith does not mention outside or inside. Ta'ayat. As the Messenger alayhi salatu salam, he used to say, The Messenger of Allah says, When one of you, or you can say if one of you, has to relieve himself, then do not let him face the uh, then do not face the kibla while doing a number two or a number one and do not turn your back to it meaning the kibla but rather turn to the east or turn to the west this hadith is collected by al-bukhari wa muslim min hadith ayyub wa min hadith abi ayyub al-ansari narrated by abu ayyub al-ansari when one of you, or if one of you has to do a ghail, have to do a number one or number two, has to use the bathroom, has to relieve himself, then do not face the kibla while doing a number one or number two. Ghail can also mean to, to do a number two. Or be bold, or when you're doing a number one, when you're urinating. And do not turn your back to it, meaning the kibla, but rather sharriqo agarribo. But rather turn to the east or turn to the west. فلهذا قال بعض العلماء المراد هنا 
الخارج والداخل لأن النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام ذكره عاما ذكره عاما so some scholars they say and this is correct the intent of the messenger of Allah here is if you're outside or inside he didn't say anything about if you're outside if you're inside he left it general so if you can and you know the Qibla direction try not to face the Qibla while you're using the Hammam and also don't turn your back to the Qibla while you're using the Hammam and rather turn to the east and turn to the west Thank you, we're going to come to the narration of the action of, of uh, Abu Ayyub al-Ansari, what he used to do. Even if it's faced that way, try your best and Try your best to turn if you can. If you can, you try your best to turn yourself to the east or to the west. So therefore, you won't fall under the hadith, this prohibition of the Messenger. Say your you can check, mashallah, you're ready on the sunnah, and you're going to say, let me find out. When we go home today, I want you to go home and take your compass out, your phone or the lights. If you have a, you have a Samsung, I, Samsung is probably more accurate than iPhone. You have a Samsung or iPhone. Uh, what about the hadith? Which hadith? Was he, that's a good point. Did they, did they mention that he was facing a certain way? Yeah, he was facing the Qibla. The Qibla. And some scholars they use, he was inside. And that's a proof that some of the ulama they use to say the intent is outside. Some say that. There's a narration we're going to come, I believe Asadi mentions it a couple paragraphs away, from what Abu Ayyub al-Ansari used to do himself. And he was inside, for example. Some say, as I mentioned, the intent is not when you're in. That wasn't what the Prophet was talking about. Some say he was talking about outside. Other scholars say no. This hadith is general. And this is called ikhtilaf al-fahm. The difference of opinion that comes based upon how one person understands it. This happens a lot in Iqwan. Most of the ikhtilafat of the people of knowledge is because of that. How they, and how they look at it. How they understand the issue. No. And the kashay? No. I saw your hand. Lavas. So some say, take this mental benefit, Ikhwan. Some say the hadith is when you're outside only. Other scholars say no, is when you're inside. That narration there, some use that to say, see, the Prophet faced the Qibla and he was inside. So the hadith has to be talking about outside. Some do say that. You're going to find some ikhtilaf like that, Ikhwan, sometimes. Tayyip. So the hadith is narrated by Abu Ayyub al Ansari. No. Next point. So now we have how many manners so far? Five manners. Who can mention? Let's do a recap, inshallah. Our time is up already. May Allah help us. The time goes faster. May Allah make it easy. So now we have five manners about using the hamam. Number one. What foot do you go in on? In, entering you go on the left foot going into the khala to the hammam or wherever you're going to use the bathroom you could be outside whatever area you're about to use it in go in on your left when you get done oh something you say before you enter it 
Going in on the left and then mentioning it Allah, Bismillah, Oh Allah, I seek refuge with you from the male and female jinn. When you come out, number three, what do you say? Oh Allah, forgive me. You come out on the which foot? Right foot. Now we got four. Before you went into a place, it's recommended to do what? Before you go into the place. Before you find a place. Intention. Thought sure. you have your intention? A close place or a far place? Far. Oh, you go far away. That's another manner. Remember, go as far as you can. You're somewhere in the park, and there's a porta potty there, and there's another porta potty 20 feet away. That farther one is better. Tight. Use the hammam. You come out, go franaka. Come out on the right foot. Tight. When you're using the hammam, something about direction. You shouldn't face with Don't the face the Qibla and don't turn your back to the Qibla. Yes, some scholars differ outside or inside. To be, to be better or to be more aslam, more safe, even if you're inside, if you can. Now, if the, if the party, or not party, if the toilet, party is for kids, therefore. If the, that's my word, if the, the mirhaw, the toilet is facing one way, it may be hard to turn. If you can, you free Allah to the best of your ability. Some brother may be bigger, so he might not can't turn. The toilets are made where this angle is smaller than the bank angle towards the butt butt, so it might be more difficult. At any rate, you free Allah to the best of your ability. If you can turn, to be safe, you turn to the side. Alhamdulillah, that's better. And there were some companions who used to do that. Tayyip. Qala Sa'adi, we'll stop here inshallah so we can call the then ikhwan. One more benefit inshallah ta'ala. Qala fa'idha qada hajatuhu. So when the person relieves themselves, istajmara bi thalathati ahjar wa nahwiha. He says, so now you use the hammam. Now cleansing yourself. It's highly, highly, highly recommended to use three stones or three rocks or the likes. Why does he say the likes? It could be toilet paper. It could be a leaf. It could be your hand. It could be a stick. It could be whatever you may have that's not haram to use. And whatever country you're in, your culture may come to play. Your time that you live may come to play. Now everybody has tissue, mashallah, or the likes of a tissue. At any rate, in the time of the Messenger of Allah and the earlier Muslims, they didn't have that. So they would use rocks and stones and the likes. Or their hands. Somebody says, how can I use my hand? I'm going to hold it. Hold it as long as you can without harming yourself. At any rate, you free Allah to the best of your ability. But while you're wiping yourself and cleansing yourself, what hand do you use? Yes. Your left hand. MashaAllah. Sa'adi here, he used the word thumma. He says, so you cleanse yourself and then use the water. Now in the ahadith, you don't find that that's what the Prophet did per se. In the hadith, it looks like the Prophet used one or the other. But there's no harm in using the stones or the tissue and the water if you do both. Wallah ta'ala alam. 
قال أخيرا واستب هير ويكفي الاقتصار ويكفي الاقتصار على أحدهما. And the person can suffice themselves using one of them. You can join together using water and tissue, using water and rocks, or you can just use one of them. The goal is that you purify yourself from the filth that you just were in regarding cleansing yourself. Father Sheikh. Okay, I have two questions. Ah. Uh, my first one is, do you know um, nowadays our bathrooms, like there's a sink part? No. And there's a toilet part. Tight. So is, is the sink part considered the bathroom? Tight. The bathroom itself, if you use the word bathroom, that's one good translation, I knew right. If you use the word bathroom, it can either be the whole bathroom, the intent appears to be the area that you use to relieve yourself. That's the origin. How we have it nowadays is different back then. You're not going to find in time of the Prophet, in a few generations ago, the bathrooms being even in the house. That's something modern, that's something new. The, the earlier Muslims, the earlier people understood Hadid Makan that this place was a dirty place. A filthy place and it's not going to be in your house you have to go outside even in the winter to use which was called the outhouse in English that was the khala even in the time of the messenger of Allah their khala is not in their houses even in the masjid it's not in this is something new this is a modern thing now So I'll give you a benefit. We wouldn't say it's haram to say Allah's name in the bathroom. It's hated. Disliked. You can't say it's haram because Allah didn't say it's haram. You can't say it's haram because the Prophet didn't say it's haram. However, it, it is disliked to mention Allah's name in the hamamat, in the khala. It's also hated to talk at all. To talk at all. To say, some of us, mashallah, we're happy to see each other. Hey man, how's everything? And we're in the hamam. This is hated to do. It's better to be quiet. If there's a need to talk, that's different. Other than that, you leave out. Salaamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. No problem. How's everything? How? But we won't say it's haram, we'll say it's hated. So now the, the place of the sink technically is not the hammam. The hammam is actually the place of relieving oneself. But it's part of the bathroom nowadays, how it's built today. But the origin is that the khala is the place of relieving oneself. And then upon that, you will go and wash yourself and prepare yourself if you're in the, the bathroom or the lights. No. Tayy, let's stop there, Ikhwan. Wa subhanaka wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha la anta starfuk wa atubu Man yurid an yudalana. Who wants to call the event? Wearing all red. That's a nice color. Some people said something about a red, Ikhwan. For the men, I've never come across a narration that supports that. Uh, some people have said that, but I don't know the proof they're using. I don't never, I never knew that. And as far as the women, I don't know any hadith saying that women can't wear any color. And that's a misconception, especially nowadays, that we think the women have to wear black. I don't know what ayah they're using, what hadith the people are using. Ikhwan, it's nowhere in the Quran that says that. Alhamdulillah. And the Messenger of Allah didn't mention that's recommended upon the women to wear black. At any rate, the hadith of Aisha, when she mentions the meaning that when the women came out of the prayer, they came out as if they were like crows. You could interpret, maybe she meant 
they had on dark color, maybe they were black, no problem. But that still be it uh, implied. There's no commandment there. There's no commandment from Allah's Messenger So we have to be careful when we give rulings to things. So the woman is going to be careful hiding her beauty, yes. But to say she can't wear this color, that's haram. You need proof to say that, ya ikhwah. A lot of times that's cultural. In Saudi, in the Middle East, in the Khalij, in Dubai, in Qatar, in Yemen, and the likes, the women you're not going to see other than black. You're not going to see that. But that's culturally. In some place in Africa, you go to Nigeria, the Hadithi Sheikha is going to have on bright rayon colors. In Ghana, the sister who memorized Bukhari and Muslim, she's going to have on bright colors. That's cultural, that's traditional. You go to Malaysia and China and you go to Indonesia and the likes, the scholarly woman on the Sunnah is going to have on white or cream. That's cultural. The culture means amalu and nas, the action of a particular people. You go to Somalia today, the woman, the sheikha on the Sunnah, she's going to have on bright colors, for example. That's cultural. You go to Pakistan and the likes, the women there is going to have on light colors. That's, that's all that's cultural. What about the men? Now the men, there's a narration for the man about wearing white. Where the Prophet encourages the men to dress in the white and dress your dead in the white. For it's, a pure, it's more pure for them. So for the men that wear white, it can be cultural and it can also be religious. It depends on their intention. What about the red and pink? Same thing. Now other than white, I don't know any hadith of the Prophet encouraging the man. If you live in a country that this color is for women, then you should stay away from that. If it's a certain color, for example in America, I'm not saying this, just an example. If pink is a color that is known to be for women, then the men shouldn't wear it. Then the men shouldn't wear it. If it's not known for the women, then it's no harm. Some men may say, hey, I like pink, or yellow. If yellow is known, it's not shared between men and women, then a man shouldn't wear yellow. But if it's shared, there's no harm in that. There's no harm in that. A lot of the issues of colors are going to be cultural. Like different cuts of your thoves. Some people say, no, this cut here is the cut of the sunnah. They didn't have that thobe in like that in the time of the Messenger. Or some of the brothers, they say, they like the short thobe, and they prefer that. Alhamdulillah. You cover your body best of your ability, or the collar that has three buttons, or two buttons, or no button, or a string, or the loop. All that's cultural, and it could be what you prefer, ya ikhwan. You can't say any of these styles are from the sunnah, unless you have proof to do so. Wallah ta'ala wa alam. Who wants to call their then, ya ikhwan? Father Lord Shaykh, may Allah bless you. Raise your voice. I think I gotta hit the, hold on, I think I gotta hit the button, inshallah. I think it went off. May Allah bless you. Nice loud voice. Come on, so I get you on camera. Go ahead. There's somebody that's called that one, please. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah Ashadu an la ilaha illallah Ashadu anna muhammadan 
Ashadu anna Muhammadan